Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2274, with the release date of Friday, May 28, 2021, to follow in 54321. The following is a QST. Hams mobilize in search for a preteen boy. There are six new inductees in the CQ Hall of Fame. And Bletchley Park is reopening. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2274 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's first independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now reporting from Charleston, West Virginia, here's Jim Dameron, NATMW. We begin this week's report with an account of amateur radio responsiveness in a human drama that turned to tragedy. A sweeping search for a missing 12-year-old boy with autism which ended with the discovery of his body in the Little Calumet River. Members of the Amateur Radio Association of Newton County, Indiana, were among the hundreds of volunteers aiding the search for Kyron Carter, the Mississippi youth who was last seen on May 15th, leaving the Indiana Hotel where his family had been staying. Club President Mike Swader, KA9E, told Newsline that the hams provided VHF digital communications and GPS for the Northwest Indiana's canine search and rescue teams, serving as their communications branch. Working inside the association's mobile communications unit, the hams logged coordinates from the teams while they were deployed, providing digital tracking to help create a search map. Meanwhile, other searchers were deployed on foot, on horseback, by helicopter, and by boat, and were joined by the FBI and police from Indiana and nearby Illinois. On Monday, May 24th, the body of the little boy was found in the river, and dive teams pulled him out. By then, Mike said, the Hams team had been demobilized because the nature of the search had changed. They learned of the boy's death through their liaison to local law enforcement. Hams are being invited to help honor the last surviving recipient of the most prestigious military award given after World War II. Kevin Trotman, N5PRE, tells us how. Not everyone has a United States Navy warship commissioned in their honor. But Herschel Woody Williams, a U.S. Marine Corps veteran and Medal of Honor recipient, was present in Norfolk, Virginia for just such a ceremony last year. This year, amateur radio operators are planning a unique gesture of their own at the birthday reception for Woody. Woody, the nation's last surviving recipient of the Medal of Honor from World War II, turns 98 on October 2nd. Donna Snow, W5SML, known for the American reality TV show Texas Flippin' Move, has begun collecting QSL cards and birthday greetings to be presented to him at the reception in Texas on October 13th. Would he receive the medal for bravery during the Battle of Iwo Jima? He continues his service through the Woody Williams Foundation, which assists Gold Star families, people whose family members have lost their lives in service to their country. Amateur radio operators who want to help honor Woody can send a QSL card with their wishes to the address at the bottom of Donna's page on QRZ.com. Donna also writes, quote, Don't worry about sending too many. I have big trailers, end quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. Woody is from right here in West Virginia, I'm proud to add. If you could contact Samuel F.B. Morse, what would you tell him? Newsline's Randy Sly, W4XJ, posed that question to mark an important anniversary. On May 24, 1844, Samuel F.B. Morse sent the first telegraph message from Washington, D.C., 
to Alfred Vail in Baltimore, Maryland. In addition to helping invent the telegraph, Morse also invented the code he sent. Today, the preservation of Morse code has been left primarily in the hands of amateur radio operators. On this anniversary, Amateur Radio Newsline asked a few hams what they would say to Samuel Morse if he were alive today. Howard Bernstein, WB2UZE, co-founder of the Long Island CW Club, said, Thank you so much for having the forethought and vision to create one of the most internationally beneficial modes of communication still in use 177 years later. Steve Zabo, WB4OMM of the North American QRPCW Club, said, No one could have envisioned the future communications technology that you originated. I'm in awe that low-power Morse code, using a simple transceiver and a wire, can span the globe. Finally, Stu Rolfe, GW0ETF, president of the CW Operators Club, said, Well, Sam, I bet you never thought your simple code would be heard across the airwaves well into the 21st century, kept alive, and lovingly cared for by a bunch of hobbyists in pretty much every country of the world. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Randy Sly, W4XJ. Thank you, Mr. Morse, for giving us the original digital mode. Enthusiasts of code and of history are grateful to learn that Bletchley Park and the National Radio Center are reopening in Great Britain. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, tells us more. Bletchley Park, which was the heart and soul of code-breaking during World War II, has reopened its doors to visitors as pandemic restrictions become less stringent in Great Britain. At the same time, the National Radio Centre of the Radio Society of Great Britain, which is located within the historical site, will resume its own array of activities. It reopens daily from Friday the 28th of May and will offer demonstrations of amateur radio from the GB3RS station. Visitors may observe operations, but for now will not be permitted in the radio room. The welcome being extended by Bletchley is being delivered cautiously, however, in accordance with COVID-19 safety guidelines. Visitors are being asked to book their visits in advance by going online and selecting a predetermined time for entry. From the 7th of June, Bletchley Park will also welcome educational groups who will again be able to make use of on-site resources. For details or to book a visit, see bletchleypark.org.uk. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. The former owner of a successful ham radio supply center in Minnesota has become a silent key. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, tells us about him. Richard Philstrom, W0TLE, a lifelong radio amateur in the Minneapolis area and creator of a business that served local amateurs in the 1980s, has become a silent key. A veteran of the U.S. Navy, Dick became a licensed ham in 1965, receiving the call sign WN0NHL shortly before entering military service. When he left the Navy, he was hired by Electronic Center in Minneapolis, reporting to Ward Jensen, who became his ham radio mentor. At Electronic Center, Dick eventually became manager of the business ham radio department. By 1980, he had purchased the department and opened in North Minneapolis as Midwest Amateur Radio Supply. Four years later, he left the business to begin to work for various companies dealing in supercomputers and eventually left the industry to work for a medical supply company. Dick was a charter member of the Handy Hams organization, which serves amateurs with disabilities a life member of the ARRL, and a member of the Quarter Century Wireless Association. Dick died on May 8th, 
at the age of 76. His call sign had formerly belonged to his mentor, Ward Jensen, W0TLE. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kent Peterson, KC0DGY. There are some familiar names being added to the CQ Amateur Radio Hall of Fame this year, and Stephen Kenfort, NAWB, tells us who they are. Six amateur radio operators have been added to the CQ Amateur Radio Hall of Fame, which honors individuals who have made prominent contributions to the community, either as hams or through their professional careers. This year's inductees announced on Friday, May 21st, include Archibald Dottie, W7ACD, a silent key. A co-founder of the second oldest college radio station in the U.S., he was also heavily involved in research into vertical antennas. Other inductees include Nathaniel Frizzle, W2NAF, founder of Ham Radio Science Citizen Investigation and organizer of the 2017 Solar Eclipse CUSO Party. Another honoree is concert pianist Lauren Hollander, WA1PGB, who augments work as a performer with deep involvement in music and arts education. CQ is also honoring former ARRL counsel and general counsel Christopher Imley, W3KD. Noted propagation researcher Catherine Mitchell, M0IBG, and Admiral Charles Richard W4HFZ, commander of USSTRATCOM, the United States Strategic Command, one of 11 unified commands of the Department of Defense. The hall, created in 2001, now has a total of 339 members. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Stephen Kinford, N8WB. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, as well as anytime on demand through the Hamshack hotline system. Choose extension 7008, option 1. Congrats to Amateur Radio Newsline's Young Ham of the Year for 2020, Chris Brault, KD8YVJ. The ARRL announced that he was among the more than 200 deserving winners of scholarships through the ARRL Foundation. Chris is the recipient of a $10,000 Amateur Radio Digital Communication Scholarship. Chris will be attending St. Louis University with a major in aeronautics and a minor in computer science. He's also weeks away from earning his private pilot license. We here at Amateur Radio Newsline wish this deserving young amateur all the best. Speaking of the Young Ham of the Year Award, May 31st at midnight Eastern Time is the deadline to submit your nominations for this year's recipient. If you know of an outstanding licensed radio amateur under the age of 18 in the U.S., Canada, or any of the U.S. possessions, please download the nomination form from our website, complete it, and mail it back to newsline at arnewsline.org. The award will be presented at the Huntsville Ham Fest in Alabama in August. What's better than having boats in the water? Try having boats on the air. Well, one group in California is making it happen. Dave Parks, WB8ODF, explains. In the same tradition as Poda, Soda, and Iota, now there's Boda. That is, boats on the air. An activation that its organizers hope will set sail as an activity worldwide. The inaugural Boats on the Air is leaving the dock on Saturday, June 5th, and the operators of the San Francisco Amateur Radio Club will be activating watercraft of all kinds. For the organizers, including Kent Carter, AJ6NI, the floating shack will be a sailboat called the Araya. 
Part of the challenge, he said, is to bring mobile ham radio gear into a marine environment and get on FM, AM, CW, SSB, digital voice, or digital data modes. Chasers and activators will be on the air for three hours beginning at 2000 UTC. A boat is considered to be activated if it completes four QSOs. The event website says, quote, Join us to activate any moving, floating object on any body of water, end quote. In short, that means the boat can be powered by a motor, by sail, even by human effort. Or, well, use your imagination. In other words, whatever floats your boat. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Dave Parks, WB8ODF. Changes are coming to some awards being given by the Radio Society of Great Britain. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, gives us details. The RSGB will be merging the 50 MHz Two-Way Countries Award and the 50 MHz DX Countries Award soon, having determined that the two awards significantly duplicate one another. The new award will be released as the 50 MHz Countries Award and it will retain the incremental levels of award present in the two it will replace. Hams who have been working towards either of the current 50 MHz awards will have until the end of this year to complete them while the RSGB works towards launching the new award. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Bucci for NJH. Here in the U.S., a popular D-Star net is starting check-ins two hours earlier and has big plans to get involved in emergency response. Here's Andy Morrison, K9AWM, with those details. The Illinois D-Star net is on the move. Starting on Wednesday, June 2nd, it is starting two hours earlier. Hams will be able to check in at 7 p.m. Central Time. Net Control Stephen Rayners, KC9SIO, told Newsline that there are two benefits to moving the time of the net, which meets on Reflector 51D. Stephen said he is hoping that the move will attract new members, bring back many of the original ones, and fulfill the net's original mission to foster conversation among stations throughout the state. He said the other goal of the move is to have the net join a statewide system for emergency communications, eventually attracting the participation by hams in all 102 counties. Meanwhile, the KB0ZSG International D-Star Net continues to take check-ins on Sundays at 7 p.m. Central Time in the U.S. on Reflector 91C. The net carries the name and call sign of founder Connie Ballantyne, who became a silent key in February 2020. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Andy Morrison, K9AWM. If you can't wait for the ARRL Field Day, you don't have to. The 100 Watts and a Wire community is encouraging hams to go portable on June 11th through June 13th as part of the annual tune-up activity. It's a way to test your portable antennas and stations in preparation for the big event. If you don't have a portable station, you can still get on the air. Work as an individual or as part of a team operating on any band and in any mode. The exchange is your call sign, your 100-watt ID, if you have one, your state, province, or DX country, and a true signal report. Hams in West Bengal, India, have helped an older man find his way back to his family in another Indian state. Jason Daniels, VK2LAW, brings us up to date. 
Amateur radio operators in West Bengal, India, are working to return a 70-year-old grandfather to his home and family in Uttar Pradesh. The man has become a familiar face to villagers for the past seven months because of his seemingly non-stop work weeding patches on the sides of the roads, cleaning drainage ditches and tidying up around the banks of ponds. According to a newspaper account, he earned the name Clean Grandpa from the local residents who watched him work. Hams in West Bengal became involved after one of the local council members took a photo of the man doing his clean-up work and shared it on social media. Hams saw the photo and contacted local officials about him. The officials were able to track down the man's relatives. The family was making plans for their reunion with the man and to bring him home. The man's return home is being coordinated by club member Arnab Roy Chaudhuri, VU3JWN. Area residents told the newspaper they were sorry to see him leave, saying he did a better job cleaning up the village than any government workers could have done. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jason Daniels, VK2 LAW. Finally, we ask, what's in a name? Plenty, if you're trying to name a spacecraft that's expected to have its moment in the sun. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, brings us the last story of this week. Nothing may be new under the sun, but something new will soon be out in space keeping a vigilant eye on solar activity. The European Space Agency is designing a solar storm hunting spacecraft that can spot eruptions known as coronial mass ejections before they reach the Earth. When the spacecraft detects danger, it will transmit an alert that allows us to prepare for what's to come here on Earth. The ESA is calling the spacecraft the world's first mission to provide solar warning. But for now, that's all the agency is able to call it because the craft doesn't have a name. Well, not yet anyway. Here's where the rest of us can step in. The ESA wants us to help name the spacecraft, which will join us in watching sunspots form and will track propagation of solar events before the end of the decade. Use the ESA website to enter the name of your choice. You have until the 17th of October. Just bear in mind you can't submit names that have already been used for other missions. Sending those to the ESA for consideration will surely get you a bunch of coronal mass rejections. From Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. With thanks to Amateur News Weekly, the ARRL, AutoEvolution.com, Bletchley Park CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, the European Space Agency, Kent Carter, AJ6NI, Legacy.com, Mike Swader, KA9E, NW Indiana Times, Ohio Pen DX Newsletter, QCWA, QRZ.com, Radio Society of Great Britain, Rex King, W5EAK, Stephen Reiners, KC9SIO, Southgate Amateur Radio News, ShortwaveRadio.de, Ted Randall's QSO Radio Show, WTWW Shortwave, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. Please send emails to our address at newsline at arnewsline.org. More information is available at Amateur Radio Newsline's only official website at arnewsline.org. Be sure to follow some of these stories as they get a more in-depth look on the YouTube channel of 100 Watts and a Wire. Search for the video segment with the title, Two Stories. 
For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Jim Dameron, NATMW in Charleston, West Virginia, saying 73. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2021, all rights reserved.